The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Oh, I got a few here, Ben. I got a few for what's in the bag today. 865-255-03. Swain Event, Fuel by Dead and Barbecue. It is time for, for what? Alabama has been catching some L's lately, man. Caught a couple, well, caught an L in that championship game against Georgia. They've lost some some players to the to the portal, even though they won't be bothered too much. They'll just re- recruit and replace those players. But man, former Alabama quarterback and radio host Jay Barker was arrested in Nashville and charged with assault after allegedly trying to hit his wife country music singer Sarah Evans with his vehicle. Um, he was arrested, taken to, taken to Davidson County Jail. He was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, on the arrest report, his name is listed as Harry Jerome Barker. Harry Jerome Barker. He's placed on 12-hour hold for domestic violence, and his bond was set at $10,000. According to the affidavit, police arrived at the home where Evans had allegedly left a party at her neighbor's house where she got into the passenger seat of a friend's car to ride across the street. As they were passing the driveway, Evans reportedly saw Barker backing up his vehicle at a high rate of speed attempting to hit them but missed my goodness man my goodness that is some sad sad stuff right there and all this stuff is going on while um you know they they have a he has a son barker has a son braxton barker who recently just entered the transfer portal uh he spent four years at Alabama as a walk-on backup. So just embarrassing for uh, Braxton now. His dad is, you know, in the news for trying to run over his wife. Just just sad, man. But he gets it for what? Jay Barker gets a a big for what? Ben, you got one? Oh, I do. Oh, I got some more. I got some more. What you got? I'm going to the Cowboys game. Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, they get – my for what for calling that quarterback draw with what was it 13 seconds yeah 14 rating? it's like 13 14, 14 seconds. seconds yeah yeah no timeouts I, uh, yeah <laughs> and you you call a quarterback draw to the middle of the field i just what are you doing what are you doing and i assume kellen moore made the play call so obviously he gets it for what but also Mike McCarthy gets it for what? For saying A-OK. Because you know he heard the, the play call over the headset. Like, why, if, if you're a head coach, why would you allow that to happen? I guarantee you, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, any any head coach with, with any semblance of an IQ would have said, no, we're not running that play. Because you, you just, you're, you're risking so, so much like I, I get what they were trying to do 
from an X's and O's standpoint, just in terms of like getting closer in terms of like, if, if like time was not an issue, like it makes sense what they did. But time was an issue, so you can't do what you did. It, it was just absolutely egregious. And, and Cowboys fans have looked just as stupid being mad at the, the referee for for not being there, not being closer to, to spot the ball quicker. And, and I, I do think that is a little weird. Not saying that the the, the ref that spotted the ball was, was doing anything incorrect, but like if if you're the NFL how is how in that situation is the, the back judge or whatever um, how how is he the guy that is responsible for spotting the ball when it seemed like he was the furthest away out of, out of anybody so that that was a little weird but he was just doing his job like the the center cannot spot the ball the ref has to spot the ball and like I, I, I get that that was frustrating but he didn't do anything wrong and your head coach and offensive coordinator should not have left it up for chance. Just like after they had the fake punt, they had the false start and everybody was mad at the refs for allowing the 49ers to substitute with like two, three seconds left on the play clock. Well, if the, if the Cowboys had not tried to do some disguise or mischief to, to create a penalty and leave the punt team out there after they got the fake punt, for 15, 20 seconds on the play clock, then you would have had ample time after the 49ers substituted to avoid a delay of game. It's just the Cowboys do the stupidest things to put themselves in the stupidest spots. And they they get my point today. They deserve it, man. They they deserve it. Um, Jared Jones is, is not thrilled. He is not happy, and he, he shouldn't be. He says, "When you get this, these, you know, collection of players, uh, you should have you should have more success." And um, you know, Jerry Jones will be the one talking to the media like he's a coach. Part of the Cowboys' problem has been pointed at Jerry Jones, and maybe you can still continue to point the finger at him because of the culture and whatever. But like, it ain't the talent. The talent's there. The talent is there, man. At this point with Jerry, though, he's just like the one common denominator over the last 25, 26 years, whatever it's been. The talent talent is there, though. They, they like, are. I, I agree with you, but he also hired Mike McCarthy. I know. And, and everybody with a brain or who pays attention in the NFL is like, what are you doing hire, hiring Mike McCarthy? You, you have all this talent. And then you go and hire Mike McCarthy, who has proven to to underwhelm for years in in Green Bay. So like, I I feel you, but also like it, it all leads back to Jerry, and he's been the one common denominator for the last three decades. Yeah, I'm going to the capital for what's Florida to Clearwater as glitter thrown at man during Clearwater argument leads to two women being charged with the with the felony that's right two women are facing a felony charge that the police said they were they went to the man's apartment in clearwater and started to throw glitter at him during an argument according to the affidavits uh 27 year old caitlin uh o'donovan and sarah franks 29 years old went to the man's apartment 
on Fairwood Avenue just before 3 a.m. on Monday and started arguing with him as he stood on his fence balcony. Both women threw a container of glitter at the victim during the argument. <laughs> the arrest affidavit stated that the man was hit in the head and torso. Officer says Franks then climbed over the balcony fence, went into the man's apartment, and threw more containers of glitter at him. Then she unlocked the door to let O'Donnell uh, in as well. Once she was inside the apartment, police said she also threw more containers of glitter at the man. Man, this is, uh, I ain't never heard this before, Ben. Like, what was these girls doing, man? Did they go to, like, a, a craft shop? Did they go to Joanne's and be like, hey, we about to pull a, we about to pull a drive-by on this dude. This dude don't know what's coming to him. Ma'am, give me all the glitter in the store. We, we loading up with glitter. We got something for you. <laughs> they got arrested for throwing glitter? What is glitter going to do? Oh, man. I can see what happened. I'm sure one of the females and the guy were together. The guy did something to the female, and the other female is like the friend. He's like, I got your back. I got your back. Like, baby D, I got your back. Let's go, girl. I'm going to ride with you. Let's go, Joanne's. Let's buy up all the glitter. We're going to throw it on him. That's going to teach him. He's a dog. That's probably what happened. Glitter. You got arrested for glitter, girl? Come on now. That's my other for what. Now, I do have another for what, but I don't think I'm going to touch it. I don't think I'm going to touch it, man. Do it. Okay. Do it. Spice up our Monday. I'll do it anyway. Like, like the emails that you get. Delete them as soon as you get them. Just delete them. What is the most disrespectful thing you can do to somebody? Ooh. The uh, most disrespectful thing that you can do to someone or someone can do to you. The most disrespectful thing. Lie to me. Okay. All right. That's that's one. What about another one? Give me some more, Ben. Give me some more. Steal from me. That's that disrespectful. I got I got something uh, even worse. Be a hypocrite. That's that's bad. How about this, Ben? Spit in your face. Ugh. Like you don't have a choice but to fight. Like if someone steals from you, like you just not talk to me anymore. Someone lie, you, you know, you don't talk to me anymore. But if someone spit on you, like you gotta fight them. I think it's a rule. You gotta fight them. Like you gotta fight. You gotta throw hands. Tulsa pastor Mike Todd is trending nationwide this morning after, pastor. after wiping spit all over someone's face during the sermon. He was trying to make a point. He was, he was trying to make a point during the sermon. And he he spit in his hands and he rubbed it in the person's eyes to try to make a point. I don't know what point he's trying to make. But Spit in another person's face? You gonna rub it in their eyes? What point do you have to make to do that? That's nasty. I don't think the CDC is going to approve. 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think the CDC is is going to approve at all. That's that's just nasty. That is disgusting. That's not church I'm trying to be a part of. Just saying, I'm no. rubbing spit in my eyes. I'm good. Mm-mm. No, I'm good. I'm going to TC's church. I, First I, Volunteer I, Baptist I Missionary Church. I ain't going to that church. I'm going to TC Nathan's church. I, yes, I need my offering back. To, I need a to refund. Go give to, to TC's church. I need a refund. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he needs a, he, somebody needs a refund. Oh my gosh, you're rubbing spit in your member's face? That is weird. Now, I have watched and listened to this pastor's sermons several times. The times I've listened, he did a pretty good job, really good job, good message, young, energetic. This was not a good choice by Mike Todd at all. Not good at all. So he gets... My for what as well. I had three for what today, man. I had three, three today. Glitter. These two girls went to Joanne and bought up the store in glitter and threw the glitter at the man and got themselves arrested. We've seen all. We've all seen movie scenes where like, you know, people go in jail, and the other inmates are asking you, "Hey, man, what you in for? Hey, what you in for?" You can't say you in here because you threw some containers of glitter. Like you gotta make it sound tough. You're in jail because you threw glitter. Mm-mm-mm. Go into the text box. Texas Texas Vol says the most disrespectful thing is to talk about their mama or wife. Uh, well, I guess I'm the most respectful dude ever because that was that was always a go-to back in the day in middle school, elementary school, man. Those mom, your mama jokes, your mama jokes are the best. Those are the best. Big Willie style. Speaking of, I got your back. Didn't see those two chains NFL commercials make anyone else puke slightly? Yes, it made me puke. Yep, yep. I saw. I told my wife. She was like, "Is that future?" <laughs> I was like, that's two chains. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's a good look, NFL. You got two chains in commercial, but you only got Mike Tomlin's only only black head coach. Whatever. You gotta fix that. That's that ain't that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work. And Daniel, I hey, I I'm pretty sure that There's a reason why the pastor did that demonstration, and I'm sure it relates to the Bible. But he is not. He is not the good Lord. So maybe, maybe, maybe that demonstration is going to work. Maybe it drives a point home. Still nasty. Still nasty. But I'm aware. Aware of the story there, Daniel Vall. We'll see what plays out there at, at that church. Vall man says, just stick with my man TD Jakes. You're not gonna get that crazy mess. Just a word. Hey, I'm hey, Vall. Vall man, you right. 
You right. TD Jason will give you a good meme though. A good gift. That's what that's what he that's what he gave us. A great, great gift. That was just that was just different. Rodney says it was his brother, but dang. That is just ah, whew, that's different. Jerry hires the coaches that he can control or for a lack of better word, who can seem bigger than. A really good coach will not put up with his billion crap. Yep. Jerry's the only owner in the NFL that does all the interviews. He controls everything. It's why him and Jimmy Johnson did not get along. Because Jimmy got tired of it. Bill Parcells too, right? Yeah, that was always interesting how that how that hire even came about. Um, I'm not a thousand percent sure on on what happened towards the end of Barcel, uh, Parcells' uh, career there uh, with the Cowboys, but I I can see that being being a problem for sure. I can see that being a problem. Egos getting in the way. Parcells don't play that man. He don't play that at all. Good point, though, by S.A.J. Vaughn Birmingham says, does Hypo focus on offensive recruiting too much like Pruitt focused on defensive recruiting instead of focusing on both? I mean, how is it not normal to think that right now? I mean, you've gotten two players from the portal so far. One is here, one committed. Both are offensive players. You look at the defense, and you know there's a lot of help that needs to take place there. So I think you are thinking like most of us when you see offensive you know, head coach, just like Pruitt, a lot of those guys went to defense. Eiple told Austin that he's a head coach, not an offensive coach. That's true. He is a head coach, but he is also, also an offensive-minded head coach. And don't tell, don't tell, don't tell uh, Josh that. I understand that he is an offensive-minded head coach who calls plays. So if he was a head coach and it was equal, he would call defensive plays too, right? Yeah, he would call both, but he calls offensive plays, and that's normal. That's natural. It's cool. Like it's 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 all good. There's a lot of head coaches that are call plays. There's a lot of head coaches who are DCs that call plays, but. Vaughn Birmingham is is right here. When you look at the two additions in the portal, they're offensive guys. So it feels that way, and it's okay to it's okay to feel that way right now. I think I think Tennessee's next portal guy gotta gotta be somebody on defense, man. They gotta address the defensive line. They gotta address linebacker. They have to address the secondary. They have to. I I don't I don't care who's next or or when it happens as long as it does happen because I think they would also still like to add a a running back and another tackle another O lineman so I mean I I don't really care as long as they they do address the the, the defensive side by the time fall camp rolls around yeah yeah I feel you it doesn't matter who's next as long as when. When it's time to play football, you got the right pieces to go win more games than he did this year. I'm with you. I agree. I agree. 
<laughs> Volstorm says if, if Hypo called the offense and the defense, he would be Pruitt. That is true. Pruitt did call the <laughs> offense sometimes. He grabbed the play sheet. That game down in that game down in Auburn. 2019. Was it 19 or 20? 18. Oh, in Auburn? 20. Was 18. No, it was 20. It was 20. It was a it was a uh, COVID year. Which, well, the not the smoke, one that they won. Smoke yeah, Smoke Monday took it back. Yeah, that was 20. Yeah, uh, you know, according to sources, Pruitt had called that play that um play where Garantano threw the interception. That was supposed to be a open field play. Like a play in open field and Pruitt called it in the red zone. And it was only one receiver out in the route. Whew. Whew. BDN says, Swain, you said you know for sure that UT is taking, is talking to defensive guys behind the scenes who haven't entered the portal. Why would any of these kids be big-time additions if we added them? I know for a fact that that players are looking at Tennessee and Tennessee um, – we maybe gotten some word that certain players were hitting the portal. Uh, we'll see if they officially go in. Um, but there was a lot of worry last week about Tennessee not getting players from the portal. And the point I made was that just because players are not in the portal doesn't mean that there's not um, a plan to potentially add pieces at that position. So – an example that I did use was, you know, you can communicate with possibly a kid through third party. Um, there's there's ways to do it. Uh, with any rule or any rule change, there's going to be ways around everything. Um, doesn't mean that Tennessee is doing back channels and being sneaky and being, you know, doing anything illegal. Um, but if I'm a kid, I'm going to reach out to a school before – I officially get into the pool because I don't want to leave a job before I have a new job. That's just crazy. I think this is the kid's way of securing their spot that they have currently on the team while also looking elsewhere and trying to get as much information they can before making that decision. So I wouldn't say that Tennessee is officially talking to guys behind the scenes because I never said that. Who would who uh, would any of these kids be big time additions if we added them? Yeah, they would be because they would be addressing issues that we needed defense in a huge way. In a huge way. That was a good one from Rawstone, though. If he called offense and defense, he will be he will be Pruitt. BDN says, "Give my give Ben my condolences." On the Steelers. BD ain't got them jokes. I ain't going there. Jennifer Moore says those girls should have to clean up that glitter. That's probably worse than jail. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. Camden, Tennessee, Vol. Just tuning in. Did y'all speak on Barnes' criticism? Personally, I don't think it's time at all to fire him. I'll take Pearl. But who else are you going to get? Something's off with this team. It just doesn't make sense to fire Barnes. All right. 
the best part of this question was in the I, mean, I guess the most accurate thing about this statement was that something is off with this team. I think we all can agree something is off with this team, Ben. Yes, 100%. and this well, I don't want to cut you off. I'll no, go ahead. what I want to talk about when you're done. No, go ahead. Well, something that I, I've actually been thinking of over the last 15 minutes or so um, and wanted to bring up the next time basketball was brought up was the biggest issue with this basketball team and something that I'm disappointed that I did not bring up in hour one or hour two because it should have been the main talking point, and that is the lack of leadership and that this team has zero leadership. And I talked a little earlier in the show about how I don't think that this is a good basketball team. don't think they're bad. just think they're kind of average. And until something changes, um, I, I don't really have high hopes the rest of the season. But one of the issues is I think the two biggest issues is that the roster is flawed and there's no leadership. And I was just I was appalled at Rick Barnes comments after the game on Saturday afternoon when he was asked, hey, what players do you know that you can rely on? to step up and and kind of voice, uh, you know, lead lead by example this week in practice. If they need to, they can get in, get in somebody's face. They're going to, they're going to speak up this week in practice. Who, who can you count on to speak up in practice uh, when, when things aren't going good? And Rick Barnes paused. And he said, well, the two guys that are the most real when you are talking about that without question are Urosh and Jemai Meshach. What? Urosh and Jemai Meshach? No offense to Urosh and Jemai Meshach whatsoever. Urosh, great teammate. Jemai, a great teammate. But those should not be the first two guys that are mentioned when Rick is asked about who is speaking up to this team when things are not going good. Urosh and Jemai Meshach, a a role player who comes off the bench and a true freshman who plays sparingly, those are the first two names that come up. He said they are the ones that when they talk, it's very authentic. Players, no players, and maybe that is what we are. Uh, Rick did go on to say, people will say, well, I think Zakai has gotten that kind of respect that he wanted to do if he wanted to do it, but it is tough to ask a freshman to do that. Santi, maybe, to really mean it, this is when you hope some of that is developed. If you ask me of the guys that started, I am not sure if I can pinpoint any one of them. Maybe that is going to be a great lesson for us that somebody will decide enough is enough. This is what we need. This is how we need to go about this. And he later said in a different answer, 
uh, it was a follow-up question if he was concerned that the leadership is coming from guys who do not play much. And he said, at the end of last year and the start of this year, all we talked about was leadership. Believe it or not, through the offseason, there, there were guys leading and talking. We probably were as good as we have been in a long time, to be honest with you. The last couple of years, we haven't had it the way we want it. We are going to find it. There can be a lot of positives that come out of something like this. The fact of the matter is we will find out. Maybe this is what we are going to find out. Who is going to be the people who can step up and do it, but mean it when they say it. And the only way you can say it is if you are willing to go out and guys know you have earned a right to have that voice. If you're going to say it, you have to back it up. That is just, I was I was appalled after the postgame press conference swing. He, he admitted, and I'm not saying Rick's wrong in what he is saying. I just think it accurately summed up Tennessee basketball over the last three seasons since Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, Demonte Turner, Kyle Alexander, Jordan Bowden departed the program. He admitted that the leadership has not been what it has needed to be over the last couple of years. He admitted that he can't pinpoint a single one of the starters as the guy who was going to speak up when, when things are not going well. And the first two names that he mentioned was a role player off the bench and a true freshman who is not playing a ton. And then he briefly mentioned another true freshman in Sky Ziegler. And then he questioned whether Santiago Vescovi could be that person. That is a glaring issue. And that is the biggest issue with this team. And that is not something that changes midway through a season. Man, remember, remember last week when, when I, uh, reference Olivier Camwell's comments when he was asked about the leadership and he mentioned Takai Ziegler being the pulse of the team. And I was like, wait, that was that was a weird comment. The freshman, the pulse of your team? Man, I don't know about all that. Maybe he just said that because it just sounded good, but still, still a little weird to hear. Well, now it makes sense, man. It was directly tied to the issue. It wasn't just dumping to conclusions. It wasn't just grasping for straws or trying to find something that's wrong. No, leadership is one of the one of the one of the problems, and that doesn't take away from the, what Josiah does. It's just not. It's just not enough. You need more than just one, and you need. You need a whole team that holds each other accountable. You need a team that is willing to speak up. This is a terrible indictment on John Fulkerson. Like, yes. I, listen, I get how great of a student athlete he is and a represent, representative of Tennessee that he is. You can't be a six-year player and have freshmen come in and have a more of a voice than you. I don't care if it's a personality or not. Because it wasn't my personality to call people out. It wasn't my personality to be a leader. But when we went five and six, I had to be something that I wasn't comfortable being to get the things I wanted to get. And that is a team that was winning and to have that feeling of success. I was I was uncomfortable at first. But I was more uncomfortable losing to Vanderbilt. 
I was more uncomfortable going five and six and and feeling like I need to wear a brown paper bag over my head to leave my apartment my junior year. So I was willing to get out of my comfort zone. And I'm looking at John Ferguson like, dude, you, you've had the same personality for the last couple of years without Grant, without Admiral. You know what you need to do. It has to be you, man. You have to be one of those guys. He knows this. And he's not done it yet. And that's the disappointing thing. Because it doesn't matter about what you're comfortable. That's not who I am. It don't matter, man. To help your team win, sometimes you have to be someone that you're not comfortable being. Sometimes you have to be that way. Remember when Kobe Bryant, man. It made me think about a story with Kobe Bryant. When, when, when Shaq left L.A., Kobe had to change as a player. And he had, remember he had like Smush Parker and a couple other dudes. and He was miserable. He was miserable. Because Kobe was about basketball. He wasn't about relationships. He wasn't all about that buddy-buddy stuff. But Kobe had to change. As he got older, he had to change who he was as a person off the court and as a leader on the court. Like, he was too hard. He was too rugged. And then you bring in Paul Gasol and, and, and Lamar Odom and, and, and those guys. And he, like he changed a little bit as a player, as a leader, because that's what he had to do to win. Because winning was the most important thing in Kobe Bryant's professional life. Winning. Just because you're made a certain type of way, you're not comfortable doing something, doesn't mean, don't mean that you, you – you can't change. And I mean, I'm using John Fulkerson, but that goes for Santiago Viscovi. That goes for anybody on our team that has a laid-back, soft-spoken demeanor who's not comfortable calling folks out. Are you more comfortable yes. losing or calling people out? Because for me— Monty and Josiah fall into that same category for me. I, I think it's it's the biggest indictment on, on John Fulkerson— uh, and, and I, I love Folky, but I I just don't I I, I don't know he, he's he's too nice and that it's the same thing with with Santi and it's it's the same thing with with Josiah he they're 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 too nice and you know Kennedy he's a freshman and, and he's soft spoken as is uh, who was it Jimmy Dykes a couple weeks ago talked about how Kennedy doesn't talk a lot on the floor. Uh, I think you mentioned that here on the show. Uh, Zakai is is a, a true freshman. Powell isn't contributing enough. Bailey is is not contributing enough. Uh, Olivier not contributing enough. Th- those guys know what Urosh is. You know, Brandon, a true freshman, he's quiet as is and not contributing either. I mean, it, it falls on John Fulkerson, Josiah Jordan-James, and Santiago Vescovi. And they're they're too nice, and they they are are not they're not vocal enough. And it, the the fact that Santi and Josiah weren't weren't the and Folky, the fact that those weren't the first names listed tells you all the issues you need to know about with this team. And Josiah was asked about the leadership after the game, and he said everybody. Well, if you have if if I mean that's just a bad answer. Like I, I get that he's trying to be nice and and he's 
you know, trying to say the, the right things and whatever, that, that should not be the, the answer. Everybody is not a leader on a basketball team. And he also talked about how the walk-ons have, have just as big of a voice as the starting five and how everybody's opinion is listened to and is valued equally. And like, again, Josiah is a great kid. I hope my son, if I have a son, is as great of a, a young man as Josiah is. He is what every parent should want if, if they have a, a boy to, to grow up to be. I mean, he is an awesome person, but it it encompasses the issue with this this basketball team. Like, that should not be the case where the walk-ons have the, the same <laughs> as loud of a voice as a starting player on this team. That That should not be... The case, I mean, I get what Josiah is trying to do in in a media appearance, but that should not be the answer. And he's he's being truthful in a way like that. That is the case with this basketball team. And that's a problem. This this team has not had true leadership that a that a team needs to get over the hump since Lamonte Turner decided that he was done playing basketball at Tennessee because Lamonte literally fought his teammates in practice. Lamonte whipped one of Tennessee's best players in practice one day because that teammate was not bringing it and and was making excuses. He put his hands on a teammate. And I, I know that sounds crazy, but that's what this team needs. Somebody that will confront their teammates in, in more than just a, a polite manner. And and that that th- this team lacks it. It does, man. It it, it does. I'm, I'm gonna read some of the stuff here on text box, and then we gotta take a break. Our last break of the day, and I want to come back because there's another part of the of the message there from Canon Tennessee Vol uh, that we have to that, that we have to address, and um, we will. Chipane says uh, maybe we will see some leadership on the team because it starts at the top, and on Saturday Barnes was the first. On Saturday, Barnes, for the first time, took blame on the loss. Hmm? I didn't notice that. Rick Barnes said it's on me that he has to be better, and he's right. He get beat by 30 points. Everybody has to be better for sure. Uh, Tremel says, are you serious? Yeah, this team is soft. Wow, these kids are scared to lead for fear. Teammates not liking them. Um, Vaughn Man 1 says, we let Folky come back and basically take a spot that we could have filled. Had Barnes said no. He would have been a bad guy. Now we have him, and he's not helping us. I have no problem with him calling out players. You know Barnes loves his players, but we don't have that guy inside yet. I think Hatfield can develop, but he's 17. Darth Vol 14 says, too many nice guys. Coach S.A.J. says, I think Rick said Uros and uh, Jamai with tongue-in-cheek. I think he doesn't think there is a leader. Ten- uh, Camden Tennessee Vol came back and says, not just focus and bad indictment on J.J.J. too, uh, not just leadership, but bad development. Two, uh, Brandon Brandon B. I do see Josiah try to lead more than Folky. I'm just saying for for Triple J, it's not enough. But we do see the effort. Like we do see in between dead balls, there's a, a, a um, effort into huddling guys up and trying to communicate. It's just not good enough. But good message there from Canton, Tennessee. Brandon B. says I know everyone loves Folky, but he has been less than mediocre for. Five out of his six years, it's time to move on from him and play the younger post players 
or we're going to lose our future in the portal in two months. Uh, I love Folky and really enjoy uh, his one great year, but I think him coming back probably hurt this team and their mentality. Other players are looking up to him because he's the oldest and expect him to be the leader. He is just not that person. Our team has taken on his personality, a bunch of really great guys, uh, but that is not what our team needs right now. Chip Payne says, what player can you depend on uh, day in, day out? You can't name one player, and that's a problem. Volville says, man, I texted you guys last week and said this team lacks one true leader, a go-to guy when crap is hitting the fan. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff here on text box. Uh, we, we will get back to and we'll put a bow uh, on today's today's program but uh there's a name that's popping up in criticism of rick barnes and i don't understand i need y'all to help me uh figure out why 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 the criticism of rick barnes is totally fair right now it is fair you have five million dollar coach and you are an average basketball team that's not going to be ranked i mean it's fair as much as i love me some rick barnes i love him but the criticism is fair right now. Swain event. Be right back. For a replay of each day's Swain event TV, like us on Facebook. Good morning, Swain Event crew. The new year is here and it's the 2022 East Tennessee real estate season. As I always do, I'm going to shoot straight with you. If you have a home to sell, then you need to give me a call ASAP. Inventory is low and I will get you the most money possible and more than you think trying to sell it on your own. If you are a seller that also needs to buy a home, you need to call me ASAP. As there are ways I can help you manage that situation and stay in your home until we find what you want. If you are looking to buy, you need to call me ASAP. You absolutely need someone on your side to help navigate the current waters, and you need someone that's going to do their homework and find homes that aren't on the market yet. Bottom line, you need to call me today ASAP. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897. If you are buying, selling, or considering investing in real estate this year, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Hour three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and lowtcenter.com. Do you know your numbers? 
feel like you again. Let us help. SwainEvent20Event.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. We got to go to the phones. We got to get to our guy, Big Orange Mac, who is joining us on the Iris Network's hotline. Mac, good morning, man. Good morning, Jay Swizzle. Good morning, Ben Jammin. Uh, leadership is key to anything. I don't care if you own a job or uh, you playing football. Leadership is key to everything. Imagine on D-Day uh, when they stormed the beaches of Normandy. And they said, oh, we, we'll let the privates lead the attack and get your top generals over here. So, yeah, the, the privates will do just good. Y'all go ahead. Y'all, y'all go attack the Germans. No, no. We would have got slaughtered. You can't do the you, you, Your leadership is key. We wouldn't have won the national championship in 1998 hadn't it been for that pit bull, Al Wilson. You, in, uh, in the national championship game, uh, remember the play where down the goal line where they uh, UGA knocked it loose and uh, there was a player just kind of standing there watching the ball fall to the turf and one of the guys got up got up got up in his face and said hey man you know help help us out here you know then the next play he turned around and made a great play so that's yep, Kobe what it Dean takes. Kobe Dean yep seventeen he yeah, ripped yeah. his player he ripped his teammate yeah mm-hmm. that's what we're missing. And I think I hate to sound like the old guy in the room, but man, this this generation of kids they're too afraid of hurting their buddies' feelings. Mm. Like they they too afraid of hurting their buddies' feelings. They they afraid if if they get on they won't they they can't be friends no more. No, that's yep. not how that. And, and I hate to say, I mean that, that's what I see from this this generation that nobody wants to step up and be that leader. Uh, that's what it's going to take. And I'm going to tell you something else too. I mean, look at here. Kentucky Saturday, uh, I'm going to give them their props. Sunday was hotter than a tablespoon in a crack house. <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> Dude, they was on fire. They was. And so, I mean, I ain't taking nothing away from Kentucky. They, they was on fire Saturday. So, uh, I mean, but that's all it boils down to. Somebody needs to step up and be a leader. I, I love Stork. I call, I call Fookie Stork. I love Stork, but... He he's, he just don't have that leadership bone in him. Why Stork? Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my other man, Chalky White. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> Explain these nicknames. We got time. <laughs> uh, no, I, call, I don't know, because I call Fooky Stork because, you know, he's tall and lanky, and he's just kind of awkward <laughs> looking, you know. And I call number twenty-four. I can't think of his name. Was it Powell? That's some Powell. I call mm-hmm. him Chalky, I call him Chalky White because when they at home, like I, I mean, no disrespect. That's the whitest white dude I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, Rick Barnes has made jokes about him needing tan. <laughs> but I just call him Chalky White. But anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, but. Somebody's going to have to step up. If they want to get to the tournament, if they want to uh, get uh, in March, somebody's going to have to step up and be that Al Wilson on the basketball team. Be that pit bull in the locker room. Get these guys straight. Uh, and it, it, it ain't it ain't bulky. It ain't uh, Euro's plastics. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know who it's going to be. But 
Uh, I'm a, I know y'all got, got to get out of here, so uh, good to talk to y'all. I'll holler at y'all later, man. Hey, thank you, man. Good to talk to you. Um, leadership is certainly a problem. You know, Rick Barnes making a lot of money and uh, the teams being in this position is, I don't think, something that's acceptable at all. Uh, it's something he should be held accountable on. It should be called to the carpet about. That's fair. You know, he does it to his players and – you make when you're making that type of money, yeah, it's only fair that you be held to 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 a high standard as well. Um, I just think it's fair, and I love me some Rick Barnes, I really do. Uh, but I think fair is fair is fair there. But with that being said, I don't know why anybody is talking about Bruce Pearl. Y'all, let it go. Let it go. Like he ain't here. He ain't been here. He's been coaching at Auburn, what, seven years now? Y'all, he was great when he was here. He was awesome. He was fantastic for our community. I'm a Bruce Pearl fan. I'm a Stephen Pearl fan. That's my guy. When he jumped in the radio, man, I put my arm around Stephen Pearl. That's my guy. I've had Bruce Pearl on this program before. But Bruce Pearl's at Auburn. Guys. Let it go. I understand you want more offense, but Bruce Pearl ain't going to give it to you. <laughs> it ain't going to be Bruce Pearl that gives it to you. The Bruce Pearl clips, guys, it's it's weird. The Bruce Pearl clips of him at Tennessee, he is at Auburn. He is at a rival now. It's weird. He ain't coming back. You can you can realize that and also realize that what's going on with this basketball offensively is not it. And I know Danny White's looking at this going, huh, man, this is this offense is whew, this is rough. Cause think about who Danny White hired when he's at Buffalo. And what he is Oates. And, and what he is now. What Nate Oates is now. Like Offense, offense, offense. Then you look at Florida and Danny White's brother, and it's like, Ugh, maybe it's just Danny that likes offense. But Daddy likes offense because Daddy, you know, was a long-time AD there at Duke. But it's, you know, Danny's a basketball guy. You know, he played basketball at Notre Dame, walked on, and, you know, I think basketball is, is Danny's first first love. can talk about it all day long. And, um, you know, this is a weird situation. For Tennessee, you have a Hall of Fame coach. You have a awesome ambassador for the community. There's no doubt about that. And I'm not talking about replacing Ray Barnes. I'm not like there like some of y'all are about replacing him. But at the same time, what we have seen the last couple of years, like it's it's not worth five million dollars a year. It really not. The on field, the on court product. The, the on-court success or lack thereof. It's really not. Now, give me all the stability in the world. Give me the ability to go out and recruit players and bring in talent. But, man, the transfer portal has allowed coaches who are not as respected and doesn't have a resume near as Rick Barnes be able to go out and construct a roster with no problem. It's crazy. All right, let's go back to the phones. 
Good morning. Who do we have with us? Swain, what's up, brother? It's Jay. What's up, Jay? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Look, you got me interested in this Rick Barnes stuff, okay? So I was sitting here listening to you, and I wanted to look up something, okay? Outside of he, – he's had two good years here at Tennessee. His second year, he was 26-9. and nine. His third year, he was 31-6. and six. That first year, we got bounced in the second round, that 31-6 and six team, the Grant Williams team. It, it, we got bounced in the Sweet 16. Outside of that, and I understand what kind of program he took over, but outside of that, he's been 16-16, and 8-10 and 10 in conference. He's been 17-14, and 9-9 and nine in conference. He's been 18-19, and 10-7 and seven in conference, and got bounced in the first round that year. And now he's 11-5, and five and he's 2-3 and three in conference, and he's looked like he's had to be maybe 3-3 three and three by this weekend because I don't think we're beating LSU again. This is what I'm saying. This, there is a trend with Barnes, and I think you're overpaying for this guy. I'm not saying fire him. I'm not, I'm not going down that road. I'm just saying you're overpaying for what you're getting. And we're pretty much going to have the same team next year minus a few players. You're going to lose Chandler and Fulkerson. You're going to gain B.J. Edwards. you got a team full of guys that can't shoot. You want to play inside-outside ball but you don't have any big men and you don't have any guys to shoot, so I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, and it, we'll see how this season plays out, but it's not looking good. I'm just saying, what are we paying this kind of money for those kind of records and those kind of NCAA performances? It's like he's living off that one thirty-one and 6 year when every restaurant in town was begging him to stay and offering him free food. But... This trend can't continue. That, that's what I'm saying. And, I, I mean, his record to me does not scream top five money basketball coach. And I don't think Tennessee is the type of job where you have to overpay for a coach. It's not a blue blood, but it's definitely a really good basketball job. I mean, I wish I could disagree with you, Jay. I can't. I, can't. I mean, when, when I l- listen to the words that you're saying, like when you look at the top five coaches, Coach K, Coach Kyle, um, you look at Jay Wright. These are all guys that that are winning at a high level. You know, Chris Beard got a big big payday from from Texas. Uh, and thanks for the phone call, Jay. Got a big day, payday from Texas, so he's you know he's over five million dollars now. But you look at what he did at, at Texas Tech, and man, he had the team playing for a national championship, had him in the Final Four. Um, guys that are slightly below Rick Barnes, Bobby Huggins, and and uh, Chris Mack at Louisville. Um, now the whole Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska. That's not, I might you know, that might be a head scratcher. But, uh, you look at his resume and coming from the NBA might be a reason why. But like that is a that is an argument that is fair. You're I mean the 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 money that you're paying, you're not getting in return in terms of wins on the court. I can't I can't debate that, Ben. I don't know about about you. I, that's something I can't debate. No, I I agree. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, I can't. I mean, the the last three years have have not been good. Uh, twenty five and twenty four in SEC play since those great and admiral teams left, and uh, and and you can even make the case that the great and admiral teams <laughs> underperformed, uh, losing probably prematurely. 
hit earlier than they should have. So yeah, hard, hard to right. argue against that. I mean that that, that team, man, losing it to Purdue. I I, I don't put that a lot. A lot I don't of, either, but you can make the case. I know, I know, and probably that's a point you bring up at the beginning of the show, the middle of the show, not at the, at the end. But I like, but Jay ain't wrong in how he's feeling. I'm, I'll, that's all I'm saying. He ain't wrong, and I will reiterate. I love me some Rick Barnes. I'm a Rick Barnes guy, but like, hey man, when you get in that when you get in that bag and the results are not coming with it, then you are fair game to for a game to criticism and it's a natural feeling for for Tennessee fans to be like yo man look look what these other teams are doing with coaches who are getting paid a whole lot less that's fair that's fair that's fair man gotta respond gotta respond gotta fix it don't know if it's something you're gonna fix in a huge way this season but it's certainly something that has to change because the criticism is not going to stop. The scrutiny is not going to stop. They better find some leadership. They better come out here and respond on Tuesday because Vanderbilt sees blood in the water. And uh, Scotty Pippen is going to try to drop 28 like a uh, 26 like Ty Ty Washington Jr. did. Because he knows he has the green light to do it. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you all have a great day. Peace and love. We are out. Swain event. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue.